Hello and welcome to episode 63 of the Atalan Rising podcast, where today we've got a bit of a bumper episode actually. We've got Powers of X issues 4 and 5 and House of X issues 4 and 5 to go through. Uh, not in that order. I'm joined by Lynn. Hi Lynn, how's Hi. it going? Alright. That's good. Been enjoying House of X and Powers of X? Absolutely. Although, you know, it's he, he, he's not going to wrap anything up, is he? No, no, I think we've... This is one big prologue. Yeah. So I think we've kind of come to that conclusion now where it's just set up the next two years of X-Men books, um, which is great. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but it means that we're going to be waiting two years for a satisfying conclusion to this. He, he, he's just, he just keeps piling on. Yeah. But do you know, what, do you know what's really cool? And um, what, I, what I'm kind of really happy for is the fact that in, what is it, a month and a bit, um, mm-hmm. we effectively have all five new books coming out and... Um, they're double shipping, I think, for the first two months. 2020 is going to be a big year for the X-Men by the looks of it. That's going to be expensive. You're telling me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think uh, I think I'm going to have to start dropping books off of off of my pool list. Should we uh, Should we start off with House of X issue four? Let's do it. Which um, I, I think might as well just say it now. Everybody dies, guys. Everybody, everybody dies. Which we were expecting. Yeah, I mean, we have because we we assume they were pod people. Yes, I think we, we assumed that right from the beginning. It was just kind of trying to work out exactly how it all fitted together. But now we've kind of finally seen... So I think the last episode we had was kind of four issues ago. And we kind of saw the X-Men go off to Mother Mold facility by Orcus. And uh, they kind of encountered some resistance. That's, the one I'm, that's what I'm looking for. They encountered some resistance. But, you know, they ended up getting to the Mother Mold facility. They took out Mother Mold. Uh, we don't know whether it was, in, you know, turned on before uh, it was planted into the sun. It, it certainly did wake up. It had yeah. things to say. And, and they were scary. They they were They were quite quite interesting. Do you, want, do you want to run through it? She made it very clear that she didn't like mutants or humans before she was jettisoned into the sun. What I what I really liked was um, just as it was going into the sun, it says, do you hear us, Olympus? We have stolen your fire ah. and with it, we will burn you all. I think I think we, we spoke about this. I mean, this is going back nearly a month now, but we spoke about this kind of offline and um, I kind of said, well, that's, that, that's from Greek myth, isn't it? That's kind of Prometheus. Yes. giving the fire to the humans. To me, that just sounds like Mother Mold is effectively the Prometheus of the story and is uh, potentially going to give, not necessarily the humans, I think it's going to be giving AI or whatever, yes. the fire for, for both humanity and, and mutants. So that was nice. Okay. You know, um, just as a quick aside, the um, <laughs> the, only, the only reason I knew that, because I'm not, I, I, I really love Greek myths, but I never actually read much about them, but um, I actually read uh, Stephen Fry's Mythos book. Um, I still need to get that. Yeah, it's the only reason I know why that's a, a kind of a Greek myth quote. It is a great book, by the way. I really, really, really enjoy it. Um, I still got to read his uh, Heroes book as well. But yeah, all the X Men die. And we, we should note that this one only had one notes page. Quite a notes page it was. Yeah. Um, so you've got kind of the notes page at the front, and then you've also got like, um, you know, all of like the, the newspaper headlines at the end, and it goes through all of the different genocides, all of the different kind of mutant, uh, mutant crimes or crimes against mutants. And Wanda Maximoff. Only because she happened after Genosha, was, where uh, was 16.5 million. Which is pretty, pretty insane, really. I didn't, 
realise quite how much it was, mainly because I haven't read that story. But yeah, that that's that's an insane number, and it's just like, and then it ends in the splash page of no more. Again, that's kind and, of uh, kind of worrying. And uh, I think one thing to point out too is the title of the issue: "The House of Xavier and the Way We Treat Our Children." Okay, and I believe that is a reference to a Nelson Mandela quote. And the quote is: "There may be no keener revelation of a society's soul than the way in which it treats its children." That's uh, apt. Of course, that title comes right before the page that details out all the mutant genocides. Yeah, it's kind of appropriate for this for this book. But f- funny enough, the um, interesting it was kind of like that all the X Men died, which again I, I will quite kind of focus on that one purely because of what happens next. Um, Kurt and Wolverine obviously have their their friendship right there in the in that page. That was kind of sweet. And, uh, some and, and some double meaning. To all of Kurt's assurances about when he, they wake up and Kurt will be waiting for him, which of course we find out in the next issue, he wasn't talking about the afterlife. Again, I, I find it very, very weird now I read it back. <laughs> I mean, I, I do love Kurt and uh, Wolverine's friendship. I, I love their friendship as well. Kurt has been my favorite X-Man since I was a little kid. <laughs> which is quite amusing because um, Wolverine's kind of been mine since I was, you know, well, basically since the X-Men movie came out. So what was that? Uh, when I was eight years old, so that's kind oh, of that's kind God. of why yeah, that's kind of why I love uh Wolverine. I love Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Ah, oh, I feel so old. <laughs> 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 yeah, but let's be honest. I mean, the X Men movie coming out came out in like two thousand or two thousand and one, so I feel so quite old, old as well. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I I love those two, especially in comics because I think they don't really show it as much these days. I don't think. I think this is the first panel where I was like, because you know everybody took it the wrong way and kind of. You know, thought that suggested that Wolverine and Nightcrawler are more than just friends and that kind of stuff. And it's kind of like, well, when you actually go back through everything, they've they've been like best buds ever since. Kind of, they're on the team together. So long time ago. Yeah, nobody uh, messes with Kurt. I mean, they've been on they've been on the X Men since what was it, Giant Size X Men? Mm-hmm. You know, quite some time. After that, we see see Mother Mold put into as we said, put into the sun. I think Scott gets killed. Jean, yep. what happens to Jean? Does she survive? Mm, Jean, uh, well, we don't we don't see a body, yeah. but the, all the other sentinel things come for her in her escape pod. The, one of the quotes is, uh, "Look at what they've done. What they always do. Look at uh, look at how it, this always ends with fire, with death." And the funeral of our children. Yeah. Which again links back to that quote as well. Yeah, and I I thought it was interesting in this one how they have all the little hints of how Jean died the first time. When when Scott's running to her and telling her, Oh, you well, you you might have to hold the pod together while I do this. And she's like, hey, hang on, we're just gonna float back. What? And she probably dies. And uh here you know, we have it took eight mutants to communicate with them out in space. Yeah, because they kind working of, together. They kind of create some sort of I actually thought that was interesting because we're approaching this future where they want to join the phalanx and now we're ending up in all these situations where we have mutants who have to use their powers in conjunction with each other uh, and, and to try and take out something that is effectively an ai system and you know i i, I don't think it's going to be the end of mother mold i think that's probably going to be a given given they said the ais are inevitable and uh and, and usually and it's the, the karima start. is still out there yep and karima is quite a good character i do quite like like her as a character, even though she's a you know villain. <laughs> well, the the villains are top notch. The, the the good guys might not be getting as much character development, but oh my god, the bad guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, talking to bad guys, should we move on to um, Powers of X issue four? Oh, let's. That's kind of my favorite book 
I think of this whole run, just just for Sinister. Uh, he is fabulous. So, I mean, this book kind of opens up on uh, Bar Sinister, which kind of looks like some sort of uh, Fortress of Solitude type place. Everybody's <laughs> got an island in this. Yeah, I mean, this is you know, this is Bar Sinister in in the middle of a in the middle of a ocean somewhere that looks basically what I would call like a red Fortress of Solitude, and it's just like it's just mad. Some time has passed uh, between this because I think um, I think in the previous issues Xavier's been shown to at least have use of his legs i think when he went and saw magneto he didn't um, this is kind of continuing on so it's got professor x in his floaty chair this um, is year x zero still yes yeah so we assume it's kind of that timeline so that time period between him meeting moira and before the x1 timeline so um yeah he kind of and goes, all, all the sinisters are a riot it's just kind of they, they just end up on the island it's like hey there's a version of sinister oh there's another version of sinister oh there's another version of sinister it's just yeah it's just brilliant um, I think my honestly my favorite my favorite bit of sinister on this is when you've kind of got like the two sinisters one's one's kind of saying hey how come I don't have a cape and um, the guy next to him's like oh it's an outrage absolute outrage I always thought you should wear one and then <laughs> sinister's like well if you thought that why didn't you say something <laughs> it slipped <laughs> my mind execute this man it's just <laughs> oh it's so good oh. this is where I think things things and then, then of course that one is killed by supposedly the real sinister. <laughs> yes, the one so, with the cape. Yeah, supposedly the real sin- real sister. But we, we who then Chuck enlists his help and then wipes his memory of their ever being there. Apparently, because maybe as we see in the next kind of the the next um, sinister secrets page, um, uh, the sinister secret one is the fact that he's trying to pretend that no one noticed he was wearing the red shoes. But this uh, this truly sinister sinister isn't fooling anyone. But we never see the so called real sinister's feet. How do we know that it's not the real Sinister? It's, it's so good. Uh, is is it a throwaway gag, or is it going to come up later? Who knows? Well, I, I think it'd be quite funny if we just have a Sinister come up and he's like, hey, look at the shoes. Look at the shoes. <laughs> <laughs> it was me all the time, guys. <laughs> but yeah, I think, um, I think that I think Xavier tries to basically wipe the memory of everything of their meeting. Um, yep. But whether all of these sinisters are connected in some way, we kind of don't know, or whether they're not connected in some way. Um, you know, are they some kind of hive mind, or are they just like individual versions of sinister? <laughs> so it's so good. I, I do genuinely love sinister. In the last, I think it's the last couple of issues, or the Powers of X and the House of X, they're just an absolute riot with him. So <laughs> so good. But um, should we go for a couple of the, uh, the the sinister secrets? Secrets. Let's read his gossip rag. Sinister secret one being the fact that. Um, you know, the real Sinister has his red shoes on. All right. Number two, the return of a mutant cut down in his prime. Uh, and I kind of guessed at Cyclops, but... We, we know now everything that happened in the both issues five, so this could just be foreshadowing the resurrections that come later. Sinister Secret 3. Uh, years ago, a deceased red-headed pretender made a pact with the devil. Uh, when she passed on, most believe the secrets she had went with her to the grave. That's a reference to Inferno and Madeline Pryor. Yep. There have been a lot of references to Inferno and Madeline Pryor. And again, because she was kind of like, I suppose she was like one of the original clones of, of the X-Men, I suppose. Number four. Well, every Sinister has been busy wondering how they might be affected by current events. Almost no one noticed what washed ashore. A word of advice to all things Sinister. Don't embrace the revelry, or there won't be anything for you to celebrate. Terrigen crystal. I have no clue. Terrigen crystal. <laughs> <laughs> I 
There we go. Uh, I, yeah, I, I don't know what that could be. But then, then you've got like a nice little sinister secrets revealed. It feel, this just feels like um like a proper reality show. It's like sinister secrets revealed. Um. Certain people are wondering whether Tyrant Dispelling Sinister got his mutant gene. Uh, whilst it isn't really an interesting story, um, whom the DNA originally belonged to is uh, Thunderbird John Proudstar, which I thought was quite quite interesting. It was kind of one of those ones where it's like, what? How come that works? Number five. And, and I would like to, to note that all the little computer readouts on this page are, are, are lies. Because we don't know if he's telling the truth or whether he's lying, but so what's number five? Oh, oh boy. He's the best there is at what he does. She's married with a kid. The husband knows exactly what's going on, but who is he to point the finger? He is up to much the same, and more. Maybe this is just the new normal on the mutant island. <laughs> so, <laughs> Between, we're back to a love rectangle. Scott, Jean, Logan, and Emma. The best love rectangle. Oh dear, yeah. Sinister Secret Six. Everyone believed that this um, believed that the plan of this progeria mutant with secret sinister ties was foiled, but little did the gifted ones know that the destroyed samples were switched out beforehand. So I didn't realize this, but this was a reference to Spider-Man and the X-Men. Number six. Was that the um, uh, the one that kind of was a sequel to Wolverine and the X-Men almost? Yeah, or... progeria mutant would be Ernst. I had no so idea. That's a, that's a pretty deep cut. I had no idea. Um, he, he's the mutant that kind of um, ages very she, quickly. Yes. Oh, is it she? She is. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I haven't read the book, clearly. <laughs> uh, number seven. Uh, two brothers jumped out of a plane, and for the longest time, until he was discovered, many wondered if there was a third. If we told you there were more, would you believe me? Probably not. I mean, that's, that's an obvious Another reference. son's brother. Yeah, I mean, that would be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> that would be fun. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Scott and Alex, Vulcan, uh, who, who could be another? Vulcan is a Roman god, isn't he? Yeah. So, so who could, who could Vulcan be? Isn't Vulcan the, um, the Roman version of Prometheus? No, Vulcan is, um, Hephaestus, I okay. think. Okay, I have no idea then. <laughs> but yeah, it'd be, it'd be quite a good, Yeah, uh, he's Hephaestus. To be fair, knowing Christopher Summers, there's probably more. Uh. <laughs> I mean, look at the guy. <laughs> <laughs> There's a few characters that are still like in their like almost eighties porn star look, and he is one of them. <laughs> okay, Sinister Secret Eight. Um, for years, the fittest of all mutants has routinely surrounded himself with a particularly numbered entourage. That's obviously Apocalypse and the um and the the Horsemen, Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. I quite like the fact that it, it seems to be referencing um going back to the whole Krakoa. A Rocco split, and I think it'd be really cool to see the original, uh, the original members return. That'd be kind of interesting. Yep. And they were that was also in Marvel Comics one thousand, which I, about, which I haven't read haven't yet. Adam, I am awful. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, I just I just read the ones that was like for this podcast. <laughs> it's it's got a lot of stories in there. There's eighty stories. I mean, come on. <laughs> Can't expect me to read them all. <laughs> it's eighty. <laughs> oh, so many. Exactly. I know they're all one pages, but, you know. Well, go find the Apocalypse one. I I will do. I will do that. All right. Let's go. Secret number nine. They say the kids are all right, but all is not right in paradise. This non-couple couple has been apart so long. Friends are expecting that when they see each other again, fireworks are going to ensue. Is the universe ready? Judging by how unprepared everyone was for what's happened so far, we kind of doubt it. So you suggested this was uh, Moira and Charles. Charles. Only because she's been missing. Yeah, and the fact that she's been gone. uh, Non-couple. Yeah, and they've always kind of been, you know, are they, aren't they, Mm -hmm. sort of thing. So uh, that, that makes sense. And then Sinister Secret. 
just references Inferno again, which yeah comes up quite a lot. Kind of makes you wonder. Then should I do Sinister Secret Ten or do you want to do you want to do it number ten? Go ahead, you do it. Okay, Sinister Secret Ten. Uh, which brainwashed mutant Sinister was replaced long before a certain bold somebody knew and has been in on the. Yeah, it basically references the fact that potentially Sinister knows exactly what's going on. I don't think it's very well written. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's just one long sentence. But yeah, so basically it's suggesting that Sinister knows exactly what Charles is up to. That was good. <laughs> so the next part of the book kind of goes to uh. um, Krakoa, introducing Doug, aka Cypher, to Krakoa, um, which again kind of sets the scene for what's happened previously. And what would be really cool is... Is, is if we kind of read each timeline independently because I feel like it would give us a much better idea on what's actually going on. Yeah, it, it's like basically he talks to Krakoa. Uh, he finally yep. he sort of begins to up- understand and it obviously sets the stage for kind of the apocalypse war that's happened in the past as well as what we've already seen. And it, it introduces Arako, yes. which is kind of... Uh, Krakoa's brother, I guess, or sister, or you know, whatever you want to call it, who has gone somewhere we don't know where, possibly limbo, which which would be bad news because anything that stays in limbo tends to get corrupted. Well, actually, I mean, see, this is where I kind of like it would be really cool if it linked to uh, like previous X books because mm-hmm. in Extraordinary X Men during the whole Terrigen Mist stuff, they had their school in limbo, mm-hmm. and it would be kind of cool if they kind of linked it that way. But who knows? I was just going to say it, it's. It was kind of interesting to see Apocalypse saving the world from Surtur. Yes. Again, it kind of sets the stage for later on in the book or later on in the story because Apocalypse does turn up. So, yeah, so so uh, Professor X kind of shows exactly what's, what his plan is, you know, and then Cypher's mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm on board. Yeah, do it. Although this, this book kind of suggests that, suggests that it's about a year previous. So it's taken mm-hmm. a year to set up House of X. So uh, timelines in the Marvel Universe don't actually make any make much sense, but we, we don't know how long Professor X has been mm-hmm. cloning people. It, it seems like it's been a long time but we'll get to that when we get to that issue. Can we can we also point out Professor X is wearing a Cassandra Nova outfit. Yeah. <laughs> Um, kind of in the um, the typical explorer of the 19th century or something. That kind of outfit. Yes, um, it, got, it's her exact outfit. Yeah, and it's kind of, it makes me feel like she is a part of this. Like I mentioned it in the last episode, didn't I? But yeah, that'd be interesting. And then and then we've got a reference back to the year 1000 on, on Moira's Life 9, which where the phalanx comes and confuses them because they didn't think they were going to eat them. Which, I mean, have, have they not been paying attention this whole time? <laughs> Of course, uh, that, of course they're going to they eat do. us. <laughs> like, wait a minute, he he's going to eat us. Oh, this, are, are you? Hmm. <laughs> are you sure? It's just kind of I, I quite I quite like this bit because it kind of it shows that there must be some sort of link to Moira's previous lives, but we don't have enough evidence to kind of say what. Uh, I think it's all going to come out in the next couple of issues, but well, will it? Will it come out in the next couple of issues? And then that's where it ends. Powers of X issue four. Yes, uh, uh, should we talk about the Krakoan systems diagram though? I just need to point out my favorite bit that Forge and his mullet live in the basement. <laughs> As we'll see in, I think it's House of the most recent book, I think House of X five. You kind of see that Forge manages to learn how to use biological machines and that kind of stuff really, really quickly. It was also nice to see Forge, but also the other thing I was going to mention was Sage. Because I was kind of like, she she can understand exactly what your mutant power is and that kind of thing. And I was sure mm-hmm. that she had something to do with the whole Krakoa system. And she is. She is the transit slash monitoring person. Uh, Trinary being in there is quite an interesting one as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Be- uh, Beast is there, obviously. Of course. Yeah, Black Tom Cassidy's there. Again, Who we haven't seen yet. We thought we saw him, but we didn't. That was Doug Krakoa. 
Yeah, I think it's because he he must. I wonder if if like somehow he's almost combined with Krakara, so it's, you know, mm-hmm. it's something weird. We don't know. We'll see. It's just so much we'll see with these books. It's just crazy. Phalanx stuff, and then yeah, so House of X five Return of Gold Balls. <laughs> <laughs> the most important mutant of all time. Gold balls. <laughs> Do you know what? Actually, I, I really I really love the fact they're using two mutants from kind of my first proper X-Men book, which was um, Tempest and uh, and Gold Balls. They were from Bendis's 2012-2013 Uncanny X-Men run, which was really good. I really enjoyed that book, but it just <laughs> they made a really dumb character into like, like one of the most important members of the X-Men. <laughs> Just nuts. But yeah, you've kind of got uh, Hope Summers, Tempest, Gold Balls. Who are the other two? Gold Balls, Elixir, Hope, um, uh, Proteus, Proteus, and Ava Bell. The five. And it's kind of five. Five is a big number in this series. And it's quite interesting. Everything is five. It's quite interesting that with the whole Hope Summers story, it kind of mm-hmm. turned into a story that never really happened. Um, mm-hmm. When now Hickman's like, Nah, nah, let's let's do it. We're gonna we're gonna make a massive part of you know the mutant franchise now which is great because she kind of fell off a cliff somewhere and it kind of disappeared off the face of all the x-men books she has mm-hmm. gold balls <laughs> makes the eggs yeah it's a little bit gross i just love magneto in it because he's like oh fabio medina had a seemingly mm-hmm. seemingly benign and pointless power <laughs> he could make golden balls appear <laughs> uh. And then obviously you've got Sinister's um, preserved DNA of mutants, um, Elixir being able to kickstart the process of cellular replication, Proteus kind of making them from biological matter from gold balls into eggs. It's a bit creepy. <laughs> it's, and then you kind of go back to the um, you go back to the scene at the start of House of X issue one, I believe it was, where you had mm-hmm. Jean, Scott. I guess we we now know exactly who they were, all coming out of the eggs out of the tree. Then Charles puts your soul back in. And then it's it's all very it's all very weird. Um, and then you see that symbol again, the kind of the symbol on the blue guy from the end of the universe. Uh, I said the end of the year one thousand keeps creeping in when Charles makes kind of like a connection with someone. I think in House of X issue five, you kind of have to rotate it round to match the one from from the, the guy in the future. But it's kind of weird that they keep appearing. So you kind of have Jean, Nightcrawler, just Monet. everyone, Monet. Mystique, yeah. Angel, Wolverine, Scott, and Husk. I, I don't like. I find the next few pages a little bit creepy. Uh, the uh, the uh, reintroduction ceremony. Yeah, it's kind Naked. of like here they are in front of everybody. Yeah, I just find it. it it's it's very very cult like. They're definitely a cult now, uh, and they they reference back to a few of you know the kind of the popular stories and that kind of stuff. Scott being the leader, Jean being the only me that ever was, and then <laughs> Monet saying no touching. No, no, uh, no. <laughs> don't well, like this it. is this is where Hickman is setting up all the rules of this resurrection process, so you know all of these rules are going to get broken. Potentially, yeah. <laughs> it, it it's just like a basic storytelling technique. This these are the things you can't do, but we're gonna do them anyway. And then we go and do them anyway. It's like gremlins, okay? Yeah, you know, don't get them wet. Don't feed them after midnight. And then that, you go and do those exact things. Yeah, and then and then it actually gives you a, like a data page of exactly how it works. Yeah. Um, I yeah, just I mean, find it's... it super creepy. I just I just think the resurrections within the, within the X Men have been a thing for a long time, but just this entire process and that entire kind of like, what is he mutant? Yay! 
fists up in the air. It's just very cult-like and very, you know, it's, it's almost like I don't want to see it. What is a soul, you know? Just lots of ones and zeros on a page. Yeah, it, you, you can download it. And then I'm probably skipping ahead. I think I am skipping ahead. Might as well talk about it now. All these rules about make sure you know they're dead before you resurrect them. Yeah, like Jean You know Grey. there's already probably two genes running around somewhere. I don't mean, put the wrong soul in the wrong body. Yeah. And then you, because this kind of goes to that notes page where it says, you know, the kind of like goes through the process, the genetic base, the, the yeah. host, and then the process of mutant resurrection. Yeah. And then it kind of says, whilst it's not been tested, it's believed that upgrades slash extensions slash standings could be assisted by mutants such as Sync or mi- Mimic. Uh, and then it also goes on to say, talk about Proteus. The fact that he's built, yeah. he's created from the genetic base of Charles Xavier. Well, surely you've just kind of contradicted yourself, but yeah. Right. And then right after it, it says, yeah, okay, but don't put the wrong mind in the wrong body. Yeah, and yet you've just created a body from genetic base of somebody else and then put the... It's like, what? Okay, really? But you, you know those five are going to have targets on them, so they have to have backups. Yeah. Which through makes, sync or mimic. Yeah, which makes me wonder if they've actually got, like, you know, five or six different hopes some, summers on ice or whatever. Yeah, which you, you think he would. Yeah, yeah. Just in case. <laughs> and then you've got the whole scale of Krakoa and the fact that you can do a thousand mutants a week decimation can be null and void in like yes it's just it's just very this kind of this is the bit that i love but it also kind of creeps creeps me out and then it says it's estimated that capabilities could possibly reach up to thirty thousand a week and full genotion resurrection can be achieved in 10 years um the complication here is that xavier would have to download slash resurrect six thousand minds a day which he is not capable of by that time there'll be need to work around on or a team of telepaths trained to properly use cerebro you know that's going to happen <laughs> because you've kind of got charles xavier gene gray who else is a telepath um quentin choir you know the fact that all of these have actually been mentioned previously in the book they could quite easily be used for this i do quite like the fact that the five mutants that do the whole resurrection have become a like a family not, not even so much a family is completely inseparable yeah like a, oh they're all little phalanx <laughs> good point yeah i hadn't thought about that actually they are they are seen as cultural paragons something sacred to be treasured again it's like it's introducing all this stuff into the x-men that it's it's not x-men is it it doesn't feel i mean it is x-men but it just it's not been a part of their ethos to now and then it goes on to just detail a resurrection protocol and then we then we move across to um emma frost resurrection protocol they're going to have an implying there's going to be an organization to make sure it's going to investigate the mutant deaths to make sure you're dead <laughs> Yes, oh, that's a good point, yeah. And then the last the last little note, it is also expected that should force conventions become necessary, well, we, we have a team called X-Force, extra special mandate would supersede normal resurrection protocols. So they're already going to be breaking the rules on resurrection when they feel the need to. And also a good thing to note would be that Jean Grey is on that team as well as mm-hmm. on the X-Men team. Uh-huh. You know, so we don't know if the fact that she's on two teams mean that she is a clone or what. And what happens <laughs> if both of them die do both their minds get downloaded or do they get put so into many one? questions do they get exactly. two, two like, sets like of memories a multiple man like, like a multiple man scenario that's a good point like, how would it work with multiple pan if you cloned him and then he cloned himself like <laughs> i mean that's just and then yeah so you'd have let's let's say multiple man was cloned twice and he got two of them and then he kind of made five multiples of himself and then like that that's, that's we'll have to ask kickman send him a tweet <laughs> See what happens. Yeah, this this whole cloning thing just like it it's just weird. Um it's clearly setting up for the next few books. Emma Frost is clearly setting up for the next few books as well. So I quite like the fact that Beast 
uh, Xavier, Amber Frost is there as well, but they're all kind of like trying to make sure that uh, Krakoa is seen as like a, a sovereign state. And Emma, being a little unscrupulous, gives them a little push to make sure it happens. I thought that it was quite quite good that it, it kind of includes that whole mutant diplomacy page, mm-hmm. and it kind of uh, says exactly who rejected it. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the the biggest ones to note is Latveria and Wakanda. And then you know, yep. you've kind of got the like uh, Azania, Kanan, and Kenya. Obviously, they're a part of a Wakandan economic thing. But yeah, it's kind of I, I quite like that. I, I like it when, when when this kind of page comes up. And then you get the big reveal at the end. That's a lot of bad guys. <laughs> so apparently, you've got Wildside, Mister Sinister, Lady Mastermind, Mesmero. Mentalo, okay. Animax. Again, Animax was quite a nice one because she was from mm-hmm. Bennis's run on X-Men. Um, mm-hmm. And then you've got Sebastian Shaw, Celine, uh, M-Play. Yep. Yeah, the guy with the weird hair. Uh, Monet's brother. Yes. Then Exodus. That's the that's one. That's it. That's the one I was drawing a blank on. Um, Gorgon, uh, Callisto, and no. then... And then the best one is is the fact that Apocalypse is there yep. um, visiting his old buddy Krakoa. Yeah, it was quite kind of like it was quite nice to see Krakoa kind of welcoming welcoming him almost. Apparently, Marrow was there as well. Frenzy, Black Tom. I, I think it's kind of it's kind of interesting what they're doing here because they're kind of putting everybody under one roof and under the protection of Charles Xavier. So I think that it really is just about making that database of mutants because I mean you know it's kind of one of those situations where you see on like um, where you see on like soap operas and stuff where they kind of like take the DNA off of like the side of a cup or something. You know, we have commented on how Charles is acting strangely and his his wearing Cassandra Nova's outfit kind of makes me wonder if he's alone in there. Wait, what do you mean? So, seeing as how we can inject souls into people, can, can you put two into one person? Well, I mean, that would break the rules of the resurrection, apparently, so why not? It's It certainly would, yeah. Um, I, I still find it... I don't know whether to take anything from the, from the you know, the, the notes on the site, you know, the little parathen- mm-hmm. par- parathenses or whatever, parentheses yep. in the side of the pages anymore, because I know we've kind of, like, not dropped the ball, but we kind of, like, not looked at them as much. There um, hasn't been anything that new until next issue. So, Powers of X, issue five... Yes. Should we just go go straight to that one then? Yeah. <laughs> which is, which is got at a, the end. Which has got a really cool cover. Powers of X issue Let's five. See. Powers of X issue five. Forge and his mullet are back. They are. I've missed Forge. I, I, he's one of, one of those characters where I really enjoy it when he's on panel. Again, the last kind of time I saw him was uh, Extraordinary X-Men. I don't know if he was on Astonishing or anything oh, like he, that. But... He was in IVX too. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, the uh, Moon Girl miniaturizes his design. Yeah, so that was the um, that was yeah that was the same time as extraordinary because uh, yeah. they kind of crossed over. But I mean, IVX, the, yep. the less said about that one as possible. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you kind of have Forge and um, Xavier talking about how they want a a fourth generation or fifth generation's um, cerebro. The fact that he wants five backups. Um, of all of the mutant minds, so three for backup. Mm-hmm. Was it three for backups? One main unit, three main... For backups, and one for unforeseen complications. We have no idea what those unforeseen complications are likely to be. Mm-hmm. And are are they unforeseen? He's got a reason for that one. Yeah, because it's kind of like four dot 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 unforeseen complications. There, there's a lot of diabolical eyebrow action going on <laughs> in this conversation. And nearly all of it from Xavier. Yes. Um. You, you can tell L- lots of evil smirks and eyebrows. Is there is there any reason why this was taking place in an aquarium or under the sea or something? That 
That's just Forge and his screensaver things. It's his apartment, like the uh, heavy red life death. This is my point. Okay, I've, I've, should... I've, I've read modern okay. X Men, but not not. He jazzes up his apartment with holograms and stuff. <laughs> oh, God, he's the best. He's the absolute best. <laughs> but again, in this situation, uh, Professor Xavier's back in his wheelchair, so we guess it's pr- prior to. Yep. I guess, I mean, do we assume that it's prior to Astonishing X-Men? I don't know. It's year zero. Yeah, okay, yeah, good point. Uh, it's year ten that we see him walking again. Weird. Again, it goes back to the whole cloning thing, and it kind of creeps me out a bit. Then you have a real nice kind of, like, data page on the bit of Cerebro build, how it goes together, the fact it's got Shi'ar technology in there. And it's a very important piece of information that he sneaks in at the bottom. The location... Of the fifth backup. Yeah, Moira's No Place, which I think is the first mention of it being Moira's No Place, rather than just being No Place. Well, there there can be multiple No Places. True. This could just be the No Place that she's in. And Hickman starts, again, with the rules. Gotta back him up once a week. Just the latest version, been up to this week, that takes about three hours. And once a year, a hard backup that takes three days during which he cannot be disturbed. That I think that's, you know, he's going to get disturbed at some point now. Then again, there's some notes on no experimentation regarding what's happened when you combine a mind with a husk uh, that's not their own. So, yep. you know, like putting the mind of Wolverine into the, the husk of Scott Summers or something, just a really fun <laughs> combination. Mm-hmm. Was actually going after the, it's possible for a telepathic operator to replace their own mind with a legacy version. Yeah. And that Charles has done this to himself twice. Is that like wiping your own memory? Yeah, I guess so. And then, but why? If you replaced yourself with last week's version of you, what happened? Yeah, why why did you need to do that? Yeah, that's that's a bit odd to think about. Why Isn't why would it? why would why would Charles want to wipe his mind? Yeah, but and if you back it up every week, there's a good possibility that you're going to resurrect people and they're going to lose a week. You could choose to do a legacy version on someone, erase their memory. Yeah, I think it all goes back to that whole um kind of like keeping them in line. But yeah, anyway, the the, the rest of the book <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, I say the rest of the book. The next part of the book is taken up by some sort of diplomatic mission between Xavier and Magneto mm-hmm. and Emma. Um, yep, where they meet in front of Winged Victory. And it's just the fact that they're kind of like, hey, we want Sebastian Shaw back. <laughs> but I, I just got rid of him. <laughs> yeah. It's also the fact there's a reference to Inferno again. So Sebastian Shaw wants to be back in the uh, back in the Hellfire Club, which is when they kind of go down the route of East India Trading Company. That's not ominous at all. No, I guess. Oh for, my goodness! I guess for background kind of reading on that one, the East India Trading Company was set up by whichever king or queen was on the throne at the time way back when to basically do all the trade between pretty much the whole of Asia, I guess. And they they didn't do very nice things. They're basically facade for a. They want a current uh, version of that. Facade for colonizing. But yeah, and then it introduces the the Quiet Council of Krakoa, um, where you have. uh, And they offer her two seats, one for herself and one for Sebastian Shaw, but she wants a third. There's there's a lot redacted on this. The the council is broken into four parts, named after the seasons, with Krakoa and Doug sort of in the background. And we assume that that's be- that the Doug is there because he can translate Krakoa. And the only ones we know are that Autumn, our Professor X and Magneto, and somebody else. Don't know who Winter is. Spring is Emma, Sebastian Shaw, and Redacted. And then Summer is blacked out, too. I assume that Summer is likely to be 
Um, probably Scott, potentially. Yeah. I reckon Wolverine will be on one. Probably. I just who would Emma? Who would Emma want the seat for? Because we know she'll be in Marauders with Kitty. And we know we have seen the previews for Marauders as well. I think. So I wonder. The, she's we, a little red game piece, and then we could have a red queen. I, I wonder if that's a be, red pirate queen. Oh my god! We might see. So we might see Kitty on that. I think Summer, just because it's Summer. I think we're gonna have Scott Summers, uh, Jean Grey. <laughs> Um, who else would be on it? <clears throat> Maybe Rachel Gray? Although we haven't actually seen her, have we? We haven't actually seen her. Uh, Winter, I have no idea. I'd, I'd go for Iceman because he's cold. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Professor X, Magneto, and I guess the third one could be Moira. And then you've kind of got a, a diagram of the table in which they sit around. <laughs> then the rest of the issue goes back to... Well, I say the rest of the issue. The next part of the issue goes back to kind of Xavier kind of recruiting all the villains. Um, and that's where you see Omega Red kind of where you see the all the other guys and then you get that really cool really cool one-to-one with namor and xavier and it's just namor being yeah. like this time they're really underwater yeah they're re- really underwater this time it's not like in an aquarium or in a fake apartment building namor's acting all really superior in this and it's just ridiculous it's like it's hilarious but it's ridiculous well, um, he's, he's always acting superior that's yeah. kind of his thing it's just like it's just the one the one quote where it says do i strike you as someone who's just now realized how much better i am than everybody else <laughs> Like, no, Namor, you do not strike me as that. <laughs> yeah, and then he kind of just says, nah, fuck you, Xavier. Um, and then we've got then we've got more uh, more phalanx stuff. We've got a forehead kiss that kind of parallels the forehead kiss that Aurora gives Scott. Phalanx absorb the Elder. So you say that, like, um, um, Warlock is, uh, what was he, a Technarch? Technarch. I find it quite interesting that Cypher becomes a part of Krakoa after mm-hmm. he's been infected with the... With, with that virus from from Warlock. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we know that the X-Books have been set up in a way over the last kind of like almost year and a half, I guess now, in a way that kind of sets up Hickman's X-Men. So I wonder if the, I wonder if Cypher is going to have a much bigger part in, in that when it comes to it. I would I would think so. Because, I mean, that would make sense because then you've kind of got mm-hmm. Krakoa as a part of the, part of the, you know, first part of Earth, on, you know, the, the phalanx on Earth. But also the other interesting thing is the um is the the black hole. So many things to reference with the black hole. And it says so. The the, the suggestion is that a black hole is a, a single machine that stretches across the entirety of the known universe. My question is then: Do they you know is there some sort of link between one universe and the next? They uh they've kind of implied that. Yeah. <laughs> that the black holes are wormholes from one singularity to the next. That all the black holes are one consciousness. And then we've got Zorn who has a black hole in his head. And then we have the the five Omega-level mutants that were made into a, a chimera that collapsed into a black hole. And well, they destroyed enough. Mars. Yeah, I, 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 I'm still amused by the fact that they were surprised that the phalanx was going to eat them. And since they're talking about wormholes, have Rasputin and Cardinal been sucked into that wormhole and they're going to pop out in this world? Which could Hello, be... A- they they... Took Zoran's helmet off. Which could be a reason why they're, they're suggested to splash page they created for mm-hmm. the uh, the House of X. Mm-hmm. The reason why it has loads of ulti- uh, alternate reality people as well as like Kid Kid Havoc, um, mm-hmm. Rasputin, Cardinal. Yeah, that'd be interesting. That'd be kind of nice to see. Yeah, um, well, we, we go back into the, the diagram there, the different kinds of universal societies. That if you get up to a Dominion, the only thing you're afraid of is the Phoenix or Galactus. And the last page, the last uh, little computer readout, Namor, got Atlantis, and then at the bottom, Prince of All. And that there are 
comments within the, this issue about the uh, the quiet council is it going to be permanent or is it just going to be around until we figure out something better but will they will they produce another type of government i guess they'd have to if it got bigger but then you kind of get into question of politics and comics and all that sort of stuff and it's like that's that could get a bit tedious he obviously has a plan i just want to see who the redacted names are you know what i wonder if like you know like exodus or sinister have got a uh a place on the council. Oh, actually, that's a good point. Maybe Autumn is uh, Professor X, Magneto, and Sinister, considering they're kind of the architects of that whole mm-hmm. that whole system. But yeah, that's the end of that. Two one. more issues to go. Yes, two more issues to go, which are out um, this week and then next week. So what's the next issue? House of X Six, isn't it? X Six. That's the one with Storm and Emma on the cover, and Exodus, and then Powers of Ten Six. Which has, who I believe is Moira, standing on a pile of dead mutants. Yeah, I mean that's 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 been doing the rounds for a little while now, hasn't it? Yes. And again, she's wearing clothes. She looks a lot like Bastion, which is is odd. And the fact that also on that cover, you actually see Rasputin and his Cardinal mm-hmm. there as well. I'm just looking at the little circle one, not the the main one. Yeah, so R- Rasputin is there. Um, Wolverine, Apocalypse, Mystique, Jean Grey. Colossus, Scott, uh, Cyphers in there. I think what 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 really intrigues me is that is the cover for House of X, uh, House of X Six, because the fact that why would you have those three particular mutants? Well, yeah. Exodus hasn't had much to do yet, so we'll we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he literally came in what like this your last issue, yeah. so <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, we'll we'll do a recording for well, basically in a couple of weeks, I suppose. NYCC next week, so I guess the next. We'll be recording the week after that. We'll get Saren's report out. I'm sure she'll. Uh, I'm sure she's going to enjoy NYCC. I'm going to go to eat C to eat you next year. How long? How long That's do you think right. it's going to take me to bring that up? I'm fine. <laughs> I'm finally doing it, guys. I'm finally going to the US for C to eat you. Yeah, and then I'll see about going to NYCC in 2021. So we shall see you in the next episode, whichever whichever one that will be, and we will get. The last issue of uh, House of X and Powers of X and see what actually happens. If you want to email us or tweet us, our email address is the show at atalanrising.com and our Twitter is at atalanrising1. You'll probably find us on our own Twitters if you want to. But we shall see you next episode. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.